Welcome to the Music of America podcast, where every week we visit a different state in America and meet a different guest in the music industry. Every day, Monday through Friday, we begin in Alabama and we end in Wyoming. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Let's talk music here on the Music of America. And the Music of America podcast continues in Searcy, Arkansas today, and we are with Bluestone Revival, Johnny Baxter, Chris Calhoun, and Joey Music. And we're going to visit with those guys after we talk first about a place in Tecumseh, Kansas. Now, if they ever do a movie called Where the Hell is Tecumseh, Kansas, the answer is going to be really easy. It's where you find Monkey House Guitars. Monkey House Guitars is a small, made-to-order guitar shop. If you can think it, they can build it. Some of the most beautifully handmade guitars you'll ever see, meticulously designed and crafted per your specifications. Nothing by machine. Hand-laid frets. Everything routed and sanded in the shop at Monkey House Guitars. The Multiverse Guitar is singularly one of the most innovative and interesting guitars I think I've ever seen, and I got to see it made via photos on Facebook, all at the hands of Luthier Mike Thompson, an amazing, amazing artisan. So please check out their Facebook page, and now they have a website, monkeyhouseguitars.com. Monkey House, one word, guitars. To come to Kansas, where guitars go to get created, right? And I love that commercial because I love talking to guitar players. I always tell people that I own guitars, and I have guitars, and I play guitars, but I'm not a guitar player, you know? And Johnny, you, uh, you've been playing for quite a while, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. What's your and guitar- I'm going to have to check out the uh, guitar shop there. Yeah. What was yeah. the name of that? Monkey Monkey House Guitars. Monkey House Guitars. Some folks that uh, were associated with uh, musician friends, and name of their band is Monkey Thumb. You know? <laughs> so, monkey's making the rounds. That's right. Well, we got Monkey, and then we got Donkey, too, because we had a, a Donkey on, too, you know, the Swamp Donkey and, and the yeah. Funky Donkey. Oh, swamp Donkey. Swamp yeah. Donkey. Yeah. So uh, what do you play, Johnny? What's your guitar of choice? Or do you use several uh, on a show? Uh, I, I use several. use a Martin acoustic and uh, have a Les Paul standard, mm-hmm. uh, basically, on that. But uh, my favorite's got to be, uh, I have a 71 uh, Stratocaster. Yeah. Sort of the end of classic uh, run. Great guitar. It's it stayed with me. I went through one marriage and uh, one long relationship with a girlfriend, and I still have the guitar. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, it makes for great inspiration on song. You know, oh, you know, Bluestone Revival. Uh, we do all original music, and so this has been sort of a. Uh, something that a project that we put together back in October, Tom, and uh, we have a uh, Pro Tools recording studio set up, uh, Joy's house here in Searcy, Arkansas, which is Searcy is located just north of Little Rock. Everybody thinks Little Rock is the only uh, city in Arkansas uh, <laughs> in, in that respect. And so, uh, but no, we're uh, north of Little Rock here in Searcy. And uh, we started recording, learning uh, all new material. These guys are very benevolent and doing the whole thing. The benefit of it is, is simply this. Everybody gets to, you finally get to play 
like who you are and what you feel. And so that helps on the R&B type feel for what we get on it. We'll have sounds. I think I'm a huge Billy Gibbons player as far as that goes and sound. And also uh, we'll do songs like The Police. We, we cover quite a gambit of the uh, sound spectrum. They're all original songs about life, love, pain, being lonely. We cover all of those emotions, uh, but we tell a story. Even have a few drinking songs. You know? There you go. <laughs> Talking to a buddy of mine today, we used to do the little David Allen Coe song, Never Called Me By My Name. Remember the Steve Goodman yeah. song? That last verse just so funny. Is I was drunk the day my mom got out of prison, you know, because it, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't the perfect country western song because I hadn't said anything about prison or trains or mama or getting drunk. And so he does it all in a voice. Yeah. Funny. Your studio set up at Joey's house, that right, Joey? Yeah, yeah we're set up um, kind of a little crowded back here, but it does the job. Yeah. Is it in a house, a garage, basement? And you get it in the house, right? We actually took over the entire den. Oh, wow. what we did. So uh, it is, it's, it's become, I've entitled the house here, we call it the art farm. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and people go, art farm? Well, what do you grow at the art farm? And we, we tell them, I idea and uh, how about you chris where do you where, how does your kit fit in there is it is it cozy for you do you get in and out okay yes sir yes sir it is yeah i play a uh, matex m series is one of the first editions from the early 90s uh, as a matter of fact it was uh, my very first kit uh i've had this kit for 23 years and i've wow. been playing it ever since yes johnny how'd you all get together you said just to put this together a year and a half or so ago yeah what i've been looking for musicians that were willing to uh, put down all the cover ideas and suddenly working on something original. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's a different mindset in that respect. And so I kept looking around and uh, met with Joy. Joy and I have known each other probably 20 years or so. Okay. Uh, we just had never played together. Uh, we'd seen each other at festivals and concerts and things. So I talked to him about it and he said, Hey, I know this really great drummer from a small town from here, which is only about 10 minutes away. And the name of the town is Ball Knob, Arkansas. We got together, proposed the idea, and everybody was game for trying. They're pretty courageous in that aspect with it. So we got to know each other a lot better and sweat through and talk through and communicate. So far, it's worked out really good in spite of uh, life like not really having cooperation all the time. I played with a guy for 10 years, and we did original music, and uh, he ended up passing away. But back when we were playing, we stayed busy all the time, and people used to always tell me, oh, yeah, how do y'all get so many gigs? And we, we went in and got these gigs, and we maybe played six covers. The rest was all original stuff. And we'd go in and do our thing, and everybody would always call us back. And so that's kind of what we're going to do with this project. People say it can't be done, but it can be done. Well, Joey, now, Johnny brought up the police, so your role in there would be Sting, and Sting wrote a lot of their music. Do you write a lot of the songs, or is, are no. our songs collaborative? Well, we, we, me and the drummer pretty much do a lot of arranging. We, okay. Johnny has the words down in his head or he'll come up with a some little, little melody melody 
And we come in here and we kind of all three work on it together. As That's Eddie, so cool. as Eddie Wilson say, as Eddie Cruz is the word man right here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes we, we've told Johnny he'd be playing one way and we'll tell him to play another way. Sometimes he likes it, sometimes he doesn't. <laughs> but <laughs> most of the time we work together pretty well. Yeah, it, it, it actually works, it works real well with the situation. You know, sometimes it, always have to remember that when you write a song or uh, cover an idea, it's like one of your kids and it's, it's hard to say, well, yeah, that kid might be ugly like that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, no, we uh, work it and everybody's been really uh, working hard and, and dedicated uh, to the project so far. And we've played out, we've been mainly working on the recording aspect of it. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're going to have 27 songs that that'll be basically laid out. We're going to try to release them on our website, bluestonerevival.com. And uh, we'll plug that again here at the end right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about all that stuff because you did mention you get like a, it's a double album coming out, right? Yeah. Right. That's right. that's intense, man. I mean, you've been together less than two years, doing over two dozen original songs and putting it out on an album yeah. in less than two years that's like yeah that's well like... actually it's since last october what it amounts to is that uh you know that puts us right at eight months or so yeah so we wow. really put in the woodshedding time and that aspect of it a lot, <laughs> a lot of work and then uh we've been playing out at festivals and a blues bar down in Pine Bluffs, Blues Society down there. Yeah. They've uh, had us as a guest down there several times and uh -huh. really enjoy those guys. Great folks, great musicians. Uh, the reception from folks has been uh, amazing, and we really appreciate, you know, folks giving us an opportunity to play, but they're, they're shocked as to just diversity of the music, but also just how sort of it's complicated in its own right. Uh, just good music. It'll make you want to get up and dance or stand up and yell. Now, here's here's a stereotype thing that, that hit me. Bluestone Revival, Arkansas. So you think of Revival, you think of Arkansas, you think Bluestone. You're almost thinking Bluegrass, Bluegrass Revival in Arkansas kind of fits. Listening to your music, you really hear some pretty good ZZ Top and police influences in your music. It was interesting for me to experience that because I didn't really know when we first met, really know what kind of music to be expecting. And I'm expecting with Bluestone Revival. I thought, yeah, you're in Arkansas, Bluestone, Bluegrass, Revival. Yeah, that's what we're going to go with. And boy, you come right out hitting, man. It was pretty awesome. Thank, well, thank you. you. Thank, thank you. you very much, Tom. I was talking to a gentleman who was in charge of a blues festival, and, and I explained to him after getting attacked by a basketball, which is a long story in itself. I said, no, we're not a gospel band after letting go a couple of uh, deleted expletives. You know? yeah. We're not bluegrass at all. No. Uh, we're, we're not gospel at all. Putting sort of the uh, the edge as to uh, what we are, we're, I think we're still looking for that sort of category of what one song will represent it the best. Uh, we've had yeah. people ask, what, what kind of music we play? And we don't know really what we're, to tell yeah, them. Yeah, we really don't know what to tell them. Uh, we have a wide variety of influence. Yeah. Yeah, you talk about your roots, I guess. That's where it comes yeah. from mainly, right? Like blues yeah. rock, rock and blues, something like that. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah. Grew up here in this part of the world. It's where the 
Ozark Mountains give birth to the Delta, so you catch a little bit of the rockabilly roots. Uh, and when we started, and then you also we're close. We're only a couple hours away from Memphis, so mm -hmm. uh, Memphis radio and growing up was a big influence. That type and style of music, and uh, so. Uh, I think you'll catch some of that in uh, the songs if you have a chance to go through all of them. My That's father was also a uh, 60s uh, session drummer in California, where I'm actually from. So I've got a little influence there with like blood, sweat, and tears. You know. So, Chris, when did you move then? When did you move to Arkansas? Were you young? Uh, I moved to Arkansas in 91. Okay. 1991. I'm doing audio. I don't really see you guys, so I don't know if 91, if that makes you... Young when you moved or old when you moved, but uh, uh, I was uh, I was a senior in high school. Oh, when okay. we moved, senior in high Graduated. school, ninety one. Oh, you guys are babies, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am the baby of the bunch. Oh yeah, I want to get into this song, "High Strung Woman." Okay, it's a chicken and egg thing with a lot of a lot of songs. I heard Paul McCartney say, "All my loving." Oh, I'll miss you. Right. All My Lovin' by Paul McCartney. So that was the first time he wrote a song lyrics first. Everything else was music first. And Johnny, you come in like with a melody or or some lyrics or something, and then you put it together. So High Strung Woman, Chicken and Egg, which came first, the lyrics or the uh, or the, the music? Uh, the music came first on that one. It's that particular lick that walks it in. Uh-huh. You know, either the lyrics are going to introduce it or uh, introduce at least the mood. But uh, that one, High Strung Woman, is sort of a uh, stance for what it says there that I always seem to fall in, fall in love with the really good looking high strung woman. You know? <laughs> so, so that created the inspiration for this. And uh, that's how it all came about. So you brought up so and I, you say, hey, guys, here, I got this and here's what I'm doing with it. And then. Then what, Chris? Do you say, well, let's put it to this beat, or Joe? Do you say, hey, let's let's try this riff in the background, and you hit on something on the bass, or you're right, yeah, exactly what you just right. said, yeah, exactly what now you just said. Um, he went through, he went through the riff, and uh, kind of went through. Uh, you kind of went through like what the body, I guess you yeah. could say, yeah. yeah, the body of it, and uh, I just kind of was playing along with it, and then I just, you know, just the beats just came came to my head. Yeah. He'll do that. He'll start a song. Or a new song, yeah. and we all just kind of we just feel it, feel what we feel, yeah. and do it, yeah, put it together, and yeah, fill it in. Well, let's give this yes, first sir. one a listen. The song with the Bluestone revival is called "High Strung Woman."
I Strong Woman, Bluestone Revival from Searcy, Arkansas, and the Music of America podcast with your host, Tom Pollard. And gentlemen, we'll be back and talk a little bit more about radium glasses. But speaking of rock and speaking of blues, growing up in St. Louis, the blues is a really strong influence on me and has been most of my life. In fact, one of the logos that we use, that old black and white or sepia-colored picture, it's a band called the Alabama Serenaders. It goes back to the 1930s. If you look at it, there's a gentleman playing the clarinet right there in the middle. That's my grandfather. So that's the influence blues has had on me. Well, the Soulard Blues Festival really showcases that deep-rooted blues heritage of St. Louis, the B3 Blues Festival in St. Louis. It's an outdoor concert festival held in historic Soulard Market. While the flavor is still local blues artists, the savory tradition of classic blues does and will continue to prevail today. The 2023 festival has come and gone, and you already know their plan in 2024. It's underway. And in addition to the great music, they also have a variety of artists on display. And of course, you've got beer tastings, because I mean, St. Louis, you got to have beer, correct? So it's called the Soulard B3, the annual blues festival and historic Soulard Market, St. Louis, Missouri. Hope to see you in 2024. And back with Bluestone Revival and gentlemen, we were talking in the break about cover tunes and the the segue of cover bands into original music. Was that you, Chris, that brought that up? That this is your first, or was it Joey? Chris, it was yes, Chris. Sir. Okay, again, see, I'm, yes. I, I'm I don't know, I don't know y'all, so I'm I'm trying to remember voices right. here. <laughs> All right, so Chris, <laughs> Chris, you said that this was your first cover or first non-cover band. It was all originals. Yes. yes. Yeah, like, you know, it's one thing to listen to a record and say, I can do that. And then somebody says, okay, create. Yeah. It, yeah. It's a, it's a lot different from uh, just doing a cover because I mean, you can act, you you actually listen to the other drums and you're actually memorizing. You're, uh -huh. you're, you're memorizing someone else's work pretty much. And this is the first time that I've ever been able to, write my own arrangements joey yeah. have, have you had cover band experience too or is it have you been doing originals oh yeah I, I grew up doing that kind of thing too and then like i said back in uh i think 2010 or 2009 i started playing original band and we like to play 10 years traveled eight <laughs> states playing wow. our own music I, i've known john for probably at least 20 years i'm guessing yeah. but for a long time we never have played together uh -huh. and uh he, he had a studio in Batesville, arkansas for a little while i went up there and did with him but we didn't record there somehow we connected again and we decided we wanted to do this and so and, here we are and johnny you said that this was kind of your idea you wanted to put together people that just wanted to do just originals so you've obviously had your had your fill of the cover band thing right yeah yeah, it was, I mean, and, and there's nothing wrong with cover bands, don't misunderstand, but the whole thing about it is, is that trying to establish your brand is, it, it, part of it is you step out and own what you do. And uh, that's been basically the benefit of all this is that uh, when people hear it, they we make sure that uh, they fully understand they're getting an all-original show. When you were doing covers earlier, you, yeah, that was easy because you're doing covers. But as you played more and more and you got more and more creative, did you gradually incorporate original music into some of your cover band things? Or how did that fall? Yeah, 
yeah, I've uh, started doing, I, I think it uh, with the other bands that, that I was playing with and it organized, it was more uh, the venue controlled the content of what we were doing, but occasionally you could pull in an original and nobody really would get upset. Uh-huh. You know, especially the the club and, and bar managers and things. Specifically, they're looking just near their clientele. Music is a secondary product, so to speak. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You've got to keep people there, keep them happy, keep them going. Been there yeah, before, what, what, all of us, right? Where you go up there and you're playing to 10 people and five of them leave and you're like, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it happens. But yeah. it's really been... It's actually harder work to do do it this way than it is to have to do the original. The originals are harder to do definitely than doing cover band uh, material because once once you sort of achieve that you know that sound or that song, uh, that's it. There's no more sort of creativity to put in it. Where that with the original, it's uh, sort of a constant evolution, and uh, that. Uh, to me, that's more entertaining as a musician and a songwriter uh, to do it like that. Keeps keeps it going. When you get a finished song, you know, it's all come together and you guys are done. You've been practicing at the art farm on, let's say, radium glasses. You've been practicing on the song radium glasses for a couple of weeks now, and you finally got it. And then you go out to play at, at a blues festival one of you says, oh, wait, did I do it this way? Did I do it this way? <laughs> Does that yeah, happen? Yeah. And and how do the rest of you adapt when that happens with one of the other guys? We all like the music that we're doing and the things that we're working on. So we get down, we record it the way we want to do it. When we get out and start playing, we may put more into it, make it longer, stretch it out, and make just jam the whole song. Oh, okay. And that. And we and that all goes back to the feel thing. Play what we feel, mm-hmm. and uh, pretty much we do how the recording is recorded. But depending on where you're playing, you may add a little more to it. I have a house in Cedar Hill, Missouri, and I'm building a studio in there. My plan is this: I've got a bunch of buddies that I jam with. We just do that. We play a lot of feel stuff. We just go in and we might do a three chord blues progression, which is really complicating things because we like to stay on one to two chords. You know, in my world, I want to be able to have people come over, walk into my studio, hit power on, hit record, and then we jam for a few hours and then power it off. And then every, cause every once in a while you'll catch lightning in a bottle. And when you hear that, when you hear that one way that we did that one song, that's to me, how I would want to do that song going forward. I call that game films. Do you guys do game films of your practices and revisit a different way that you may have done this song or that song? Yes. Sometimes we will re, uh, put a tape recorder just let, let it run. So we'll get in here and we'll just start jamming on whatever. Uh-huh. And it might turn into a song. And then the reason we record it is because we don't want to forget what we just played, you know. Right. I'll, I'll give you a prime example. Uh, there's a, there's a song on our website. It's called "It's Okay." When we recorded that, I did kind of like a straight beat to it. But as I, as I listened back and listened back and listened back, I reprived that beat, and now I've I've put a whole different beat to it. So we re-recorded it, and then we're fixing to release it also. So Johnny, come to practice. You've got your idea. Say, hey guys, here's the song. Boom. 
and when you're done with it, it's an entirely different song than what you came with? Does that happen very often? It's sort of a metamorphosis to it. You know, when you're thinking about a song as a songwriter, when you think about it in your mind, when you go to say, well, what would the other parts sound like? When they bring that to the table and catch it live, of course it evolves. It usually does better because of the sort of the addition of sounds that you hadn't anticipated. So it creates even more excitement and inspiration in doing that. Yeah. So uh, the songs will end up having a deeper groove to them because if Joy lays the bass part down, uh, you know, to where it's just a rock bottom driving, and then Chris mm-hmm. is all over, all over it on the drums, it just creates a, an atmosphere. I think Phil Spector said it right when he said, look to develop what is your wall of sound, whatever that is, develop that, and the rest of it comes together. I, I really uh, believe that philosophy uh, in doing that is that I feel like that, your rhythm section is the engine of this thing. I just happen to be at the steering wheel at the moment, screaming with all <laughs> my passion. Well, you got to have the foundation, man. And if the foundation is lacking and all the, I call it fluff, you know, the the leads and the vocalizations and all that stuff, it, it's got no nothing there if there's not a good solid foundation with the bass and the, and the drums or the bass and the rhythm guitar and drums or like that. The song Radium oh. Glasses, tell me about that. What are Radium Glasses and what is that really about? It came about that it manifested itself is, is that during uh, during an argument with uh, an ex-girlfriend, I just decided to throw my sunglasses on and that those became my radium glasses. Even though you had sunglasses on, I could see right through what the situation was, where uh. it was at. Actually, the second verse is about Johnny Depp and, you know, his world-famous lawsuit that he had with the, the crazed woman, I think, alleged crazed, I'll say that. There, it's basically, he left that scenario saying, you will never see my eyes again. Uh, but, oh, and he put on his sunglasses, and that's where, once again, a reference to radium glasses. Santa. And then from a marketing, yeah, from a marketing viewpoint, I came up and, uh, uh, I have a uh, design, a unique sort of neon-looking frame-type design of uh, sunglasses. So they become the radium glasses by logo. Now, if you have a Bluestone Revival logo, you can put it on either side there, you know, like where yeah, the ones are. Yeah, absolutely. Great yeah. merch, great merch, man. Up. Right? All the revenue streams. Well, let's give a listen to this, and I'm, now I'm going to be thinking about Johnny Depp through this song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, listen to that second verse, and, yeah. and uh, it, you'll go, oh, well, that's what the heck he meant, you know. <laughs> yeah, let's give it a listen. We're with Bluestone Revival in Searcy, Arkansas, and we're going to listen to this song, especially the second verse, but the song is called Radium Glasses. Okay,
Radium Glasses with Bluestone Revival and the Music of America podcast continues after we talk about amplifiers. Are you a 30 watt guy? I have a 50, I've got a hundred, I've got a couple of little thirties I play around with, but this 30 watt amp from Landry Amps beats everything I own. The LS30 comes from Bill Landry taking that lower gain section of his distortion channel and made one channel low watt EL34 powered amplifier. He divided that in one channel into two with a shared tone stack. He had a few switches for brightness, separate gain controls, master volumes, and bam. The LS30 from Landry Amps with all the goodness of an EL34. The clean channel can transition to beautifully clean to slightly distorted, while the distortion channel has two levels of gain for rhythm or for lead, all operated with a foot switch. Plus, it features tube buffered effects loops for effects and reverb. And all of this, barely over 25 pounds. The LS30 from Landry Amps. LandryAmps.com or check them out on YouTube at Landry Amps. What do you play through, Johnny? What's what's your rig? And in the recording situation, I'm using a uh, Line Six, a Popod XP, uh-huh. and then uh, I've got uh, a Vox uh, 30 watt, and then I've got also uh, it's a Line Six with the two twelves in it. Oh wow! Okay. So I I think they call it the uh, uh, yeah it's the Spider Four uh, Model One Twenty. I saw one of those at Killer Vintage. Killer Vintage is yes. a, a resale shop in St. Louis where they get like vintage stuff. And uh, that's the first time I've seen a spider. I think that's where, where I saw that. Pretty powerful yeah. amp. They, uh, yeah, it's it's a real uh, good amp. It's got all the power you need, but you're able to develop a lot of the tones with it. And it lets you model all of that. It And uh, down to the microphone that, that you would have it because you can run it direct out and, and doing that. But I like the I like a live amp versus just going direct into the system. But in the recording scenario, everybody's uh, you know wearing headphones, and right, so that right. becomes the benefit. And you've got you a know, whole so, you've got a whole background. We kind of went into and this is probably not the show for that, but uh, you've got a whole background of recording. You got just tons of equipment and tons of things that you've set up, right? Yeah, it's it's the necessary elements to get you know a good basic situation down of course i still like that's how come i try to run through an amp i even though a lot of it's digital and uh its origin uh i still like the old analog bite on things mm-hmm. there's uh, uh and that's just a preference i think more than yeah, anything. yeah how about you joey what do you what's your setup um currently i got a trace elliott uh 15 cabinet mm-hmm and I'm, I'm actually using the Mark bass pads with it. And I've got another little amp that I kind of put together. It, it's actually, uh, I can't think of the name brand of thing. You might like this this story, Joey. I was doing, I had a, my own pest control company. I was doing some work in this uh, Section 8 public housing place. And I'm spraying around this guy's house. And I kind of bumped my toe on something. I looked down and underneath the towel, he's got this amplifier. And I look at it. It's an old Fender Bassman. I'm like, uh. What do you want for this? He goes, well, I ain't got, got no tubes or anything. Just I'll, don't give me 10 bucks. I'll give you a 20 because that's what I had. I'll give you 20 bucks for it. Yeah. Took got brand new tubes on it, played it. It was so much fun. And that's, you know, played it. I played my guitar through it 
to get some, you know, like distortion sounds and play around with that. Lent it to a bass player friend of mine. Never saw it again. Oh, boy. <laughs> like I said, I've also got a cabinet that I, it's an old uh, Marshall cabinet that uh-huh. was stripped, the wood, okay. a Celestian bass speaker in it, and it really thumped. And then I did the same thing with a smaller amp. Actually, I think it's called a SW. I, I took that speaker out and put a Celestian in the smaller cabinet. So I've got a stack there of yeah. Celestian, and it, it really thumps. Well, the sound seems to work for you guys, both in and out. You take a lot of your gear with you when you gig out, I assume, correct? And yeah. and that was another thing it was I was real curious about because you don't do covers and I don't think of Arkansas necessarily as the music haven. Like I think of maybe Austin or Nashville or Memphis or Los Angeles to have the successes that you've had already in this short period of time where you're cranking out a double album, you know, and, uh, and, and playing out. That's kind of says a lot about your music playing in a place that's really not known for discovering artists. Although I, I guess like Johnny, you said, it's like, it's, where the Ozark Mountains and the Delta kind of come together. So you got that flavor, those all of those flavors coming together. You got the Memphis sound, you get a little touch of the West Texas sound, all of that, and it kind of comes together. Does that, I guess, testify to how successful you guys have been doing covers, I mean, doing originals only? Yeah, I think that, that uh, there's something there for everybody. On the, I think our appeal is curiosity, and uh, people will... Well, give you a chance, you know, you, but you've got to deliver the goods, so to speak, for what they expect. Uh, but they come in with no expectation. And so out of that, uh, it makes it easier for, uh, where we, uh, develop fans and folks want to come see us. That's really cool. Where we are up here in Vermont right now, there's, I call Burlington, Vermont, one of the best kept secrets in music because there's so much talent that comes through here. And we'll sit there sometimes. We'll go out on a night time and just to sit and hang out on a Friday or Saturday night and say, hey, who's playing at the Radio Bean? And we'll end up spending the whole night there because these guys were good. But the next guy came in was great. And another guy came in and, oh, my goodness, these guys were fabulous. Or we'll walk what I call the circuit where we leave one point, we go to another point, go to another point. Hardly ever stop for a cover band. We're almost always hearing original music. But that's a little different from us because when you come from a music background, that's what you want to hear. I don't want to hear somebody else do last Jan- last dance with Mary Jane, you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I can mess that up on my own, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the last song we're going to talk about, I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, again, because it ties into something I tell people all the time. I own guitars, and I can play guitar, but I'm not a guitar player. But the song is called "Guitars Are Always Cool." I just love that, just that image when I saw the title. The guitars are always cool, man. I don't care. You're walking down the street. Nobody knows you, but you, you, there's a sense of coolness about you because you just got a guitar. And then when you're in the band, you know, guitars are always cool. I mean, the bass and the drum, they're cool too, but guitars are always cool. Let's talk about that. What do you guys, first, Johnny, back me up on that because guitars are always cool. And then uh, uh, Chris and Joey tell us how they're not as cool as we think they are. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh tom i i guess the uh the song was inspired about that uh uh, uh 
it, it was a play play on words there at the beginning because everybody thinks I'm talking about a girlfriend, you know, uh, with the line, you know, and I take her out every Friday night uh-huh. and she makes me feel so good. Well, you think, well, he's talking about his, about his woman there. And mm-hmm. so, uh, so this, but uh, after you hear the chorus come in and then you go, well, hold it. He's talking about a real guitar. And so out of that is how that song came about is that, uh, uh, I was basically in a relationship given the ultimatum. It's, uh, she told me, says, well, it's me or that guitar. And so, uh, I'll make an announcement today. I'm with my guitar. (laughs) (laughs) So guitars are always cool in that aspect. That's funny. I, my, one of my sponsors and a friend of mine makes guitars and he built me a custom acoustic. I named it after my girlfriend, Margaret. And we had a coming out party for Margaret. Okay. And it was really fun because there were a lot of tongue and chin, a lot of jokes that you could say about that. I said, well, yeah, Margaret's going to be coming out and I just want everybody to get their hands all over and uh, tell me what they think. about her, You know, so uh uh, chris what do you think are are guitars always cool or drums cooler yeah uh, guitars are you know they're cool live during you know during the the stage but you know they're not always cool because we're always waiting on somebody to tune up (laughs) (laughs) no kidding How about you? I will say this though. I, I I don't think of it very cool when I see a drummer walking down the street with a bunch of drums on his back. Now, not like no, no, I don't, no, I don't think that would be cool either. <laughs> <laughs> how about how about a Joey? Are are guitars always cool or bass bass is more cool? Well, I have to say bass is more cool, but we we we, we have a lot of fun up here. We uh. I'm I'm bad about doing the weird Al Yankovic on his, some of his songs and things <laughs> the words and stuff like that. And uh at first we, we, we started playing, he didn't know how to take that and man, those were full of it. So he takes it very well now. Yeah, so I it's kinda like saying guitars are always cruel or guitarists are always cruel. Yeah. Oh <laughs> Well, we we could go down the road of all the bass jokes that come out of <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I I don't think you have that fun, do you? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, and I I barely know y'all. I don't want I don't, I don't want Joey getting mad at me before I come down and meet y'all. You know. <laughs> I mean, well, you funny. know what you call a person that hangs around a bunch of musicians? The bass player. No, he's, yeah, that too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, I've, I, I, one of my best friends is my bass player from the band I used to be in, and we used to—I used to just rail on him with all these bass jokes. You know, how do you get a bass yeah. player off your front porch? You know, you pay him for the pizza. That's because music business don't want to pay. <laughs> and oh. and that, not not to leave anybody out, but you know what you call the drummer that broke up with his girlfriend, homeless. Oh. <laughs> Okay, we're done picking on everybody. Let's give a listen to this song because they are always cool. And Blue Still and Revival got a song we're going to play right now, and it's called Guitars Are Always Cool. She was my high school sweetheart. 
sweetheart, love of my life. She made me feel so good. Every time I picked her up, I knew that she understood. Sometimes love can be so cruel. But guitars, guitars, guitars always cruel. Guitars are always cool Cool. Tom Pollard with you in the Music of America podcast saying goodbye to Blue Stone Revival. Been our guest today from Searcy, Arkansas. Uh, Johnny Baxter on guitar, Chris Calhoun on the drums, Joey Music on the bass. Gentlemen, this is the shameless self-promotion section of the show where you talk about your new double album coming out, shows that are coming up, et cetera, et cetera. What can we expect from, from Blue Stone Revival now until, say, 2024? I guess chronologically, we're going to uh, finish doing the mix out on the double album mm-hmm. and get that on the program. Uh, at at that point, start playing out a lot more, promoting that, uh, doing TV, radio, festivals, that that type of routine. And since we're shamelessly promoting here, absolutely, uh, yeah, at, we're looking at uh, our website. Is bluestonerevival.com. Real simple. And, and what what we're doing is, is that uh, we've got a little bit of a preview of some of the songs that we initially recorded and have gone back with uh, some better applied technology. And with that, we're having uh, 20, it'll be 25 or 6 songs that's go- that will release and have it worth Folks can go and listen to it. And if you'd like to download it, to put it on your phone, 
It only requires one thing, and that's to give us your email address. So then no we can set up, uh, uh, communicate with you, and let you know where we're playing at, any new activities we've got going, any new videos posted, uh, any announcements, uh, and also let you know as we uh, put out more music, uh, give you access to that and sort of uh, be uh, catch the premiere of when we introduce things. And so you can stay right on top of what we've got going. But uh, we'll, we'll have our full schedule laid out. Uh, also, some uh, we're going to do a video of shooting in here while recording and, and show you that we're all real depressed and we have no fun. <laughs> Nobody ever laughs. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, yeah. yeah. We're we're all uh you know, heavily sedated on Ritalin and <laughs> and uh, we're not gonna say anything about Bud Light because I think they sponsor one of the festivals we've got coming up, but we'll yeah, let that go. Let's not yeah. let's not go there. We don't wanna alienate yeah. anybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Put more pronouns. No, yeah, not. yeah. There's enough pronouns running around as they are. And uh, I guess the other thing is that we actually have a fourth member of uh, the Bluestone Revival. It's uh, uh, Joy has a boxer that if you looked in the Wikipedia and it had a picture of a boxer, it'd be this dog. Oh, really? And uh, his name's Shiloh, and he's our Chamber of Commerce Welcoming Committee. Uh, it, he might. <laughs> He might growl at you. I don't know if you can see that or not. Can you see that? Yeah, no, it's kind of blurry. And oh, there he is! Look at that! Look at that! Yeah, had a neighbor across the street that used to have boxers. That looks like uh, looks like one of his dogs right there. We're excited about uh, finishing up on all the work here, uh, and it just continues to. Uh, there's almost a. I, I keep these guys uh, hopping in the sense of. Uh, I try to throw a new song out there every day uh, as to what's, you know, and uh, start generating uh, that when they're we're not together, uh, that they're in the back of their mind, they're thinking about it. Well, what would that take, you know? And so it's it's developing a mindset of keeping the creativity on all the time. Yeah, good luck on that. That sometimes, sometimes you can't shut it off. There's a line from a movie, so sometimes you just have to let art fall all over you or flow all over you, you know? <laughs> yeah yeah and when that happens and you can't sleep uh we constantly make coffee i'm a i'm a coffee addict yeah and uh you know my name's johnny and i'm a coffee addict yeah you know? <laughs> hi johnny <laughs> yeah <laughs> i've been best friends with our our fearless leader juan valdez there you go and uh, <laughs> you know and uh that world famous mule that has carried uh many a sack of coffee beans but uh now we uh always have coffee going uh try to and usually have pizza or something to munch on so if you come by uh you'll never go hungry here that's the promise of that uh it's just uh, you know it, it's it's an endeavor that uh, we're pushing hard for and want to share with folks. And, yeah. and uh, if they'll come see a show or a concert that we do, uh, we 
we tell you about, we just don't play the songs and never talk. Talk to the audience. We yeah. interact a lot. And matter of fact, we've got a couple of uh, uh, audience participation songs. Oh, really? uh, got a song called, yes, got a song called I'll Drink to That. <laughs> and uh, 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 to give you the uh, 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 the lyrics on it, it is uh, uh, says, I got a long neck bottle and it's feeling kind of light. Since bartender start me a tab, my money's tight. Just hand that bottle, uh, hand me that bottle. I don't need no glass. Cause nobody around here cares about class. I'll drink to that. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and so then every the, time uh, that comes up, I guess you got to take a drink out of your beer, right? Uh, well, you know, uh, what I, what I do is, uh, yeah, I, on the chorus part of it, Tom, I, I, I say, I'll drink to that. And then, of course, the audience answers, I'll drink to that. And then I'll say, I'll drink to that again. And they answer it, of course. And yeah. then it goes, uh, I can see her reflection in the bottom of this old shot glass. I'll drink to that. And then okay. after every course, uh, everybody has a drink. Gotcha. The uh, bartender, the bartenders love that song. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> for the fact that uh, uh, and the wait staff sort of hate us for that because everybody, if they know it's coming up, they'll order up, and all of a sudden there's a rush. Right, know? right, and then you get the waitress dealing with all the tables all at the same time. Every once they're drunk yesterday. Oh, right? absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> it's sort of like uh, like lodge. Sometimes it turns into a chaos. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes that's the show. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but Gentlemen. overall, it's a, it's it's a uh, uh, the project Bluestone Revival. Uh, yeah. If folks can't come see us, they can definitely catch us on the website bluestonerevival.com. Uh, that's sort of my mantra speech there. But uh, I, I think that uh, uh, if folks will give it a give it a listen, and and I, I'll put it this way. It'll be five minutes of entertainment for you. And uh, let's see. One last thing. We've got a song written about Arkansas uh, called Rockin' Back to Arkansas. And it's where that uh, uh, talking about traveling all over the world and then mm -hmm. coming back and finding that, uh, you know, the town and areas where you grow up at uh, becomes a great, you know, it, they, you appreciate it more. Right. Uh, and so, uh, we set and name all these towns in Arkansas as part of the lyrics and wherever we're at in the state, uh, we work in the small podunk towns, uh, with that, uh, incorporated. And so the lyrics changed from show to show. Absolutely. That's clever as clever as I'll get out though. You, know, you could be yeah. in Hot Springs, so you work it in. Could be in Pine Bluff, work it in Fayetteville, you work it in there. You're in Little Rock, you're in Searcy, whatever. You know, that's good. yeah. Wherever you're at, you can work it in in small communities yeah. that are around there or adjacent cities, uh, and uh, it, it becomes one of those uh, uh, audience participation things. You know, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, you but, got the uh, marketing down, John. It sounds really good, and. Uh, I'm waiting for this double album to come out and I'm looking forward to that. And gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. So thank you again. We've been with Bluestone Revival. Thanks, guys. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Tom. All right, then. Bluestone Revival from Searcy, Arkansas.
and the Music of America podcast. We wrap up tomorrow. We're going to wrap up the whole state of Arkansas with our guest, Billy Jeter from Little Rock. You've been listening to the Music of America podcast. If you like today's show, please go to the website at www.musicofamericapod.com or our Music of America podcast Facebook page. Like us and follow the show and episodes. We tally the votes of all our shows, and the most listened to shows will be rebroadcast on our best of shows at the end of the season. I look forward to having you with us again and listening to the Music of America.